Welcome back to Are You a Fan, where we explore individual characters from your favorite sci-fi, action, and fantasy genres. A big thank you to Moonbound Productions for supporting today's episode. If you would like to express your support, please like and share the show. Here's your hosts, Dick Rail and Joker. Hello, folks. Welcome to Are You a Fan by Moonbound Productions. If you like the episode, give us a like, follow, heck, maybe even share with a friend. Now, question for this week, Joker. What do you want for Christmas? I mean, honestly, at this point, with as hard as they've been to get, not a new system. I have the, the Series X or the, the PS5. Like, they're just impossible to find. Yeah. So at this point, it'd be a miracle to get one, and I'd take that miracle. You know what? Oh, man. If I played games more more recently than that, then, like, I'd, I'd be with you on that. Honestly, though... I'd really like a, I'd like, I'd really like one of those custom lightsabers. <laughs> oh yeah, that, that too. That I'd, I'd definitely take that Ooh, for as a Christmas gift. That and like a set of armor. Ooh, heck yeah, set of armor. That'd be nice. Arguably though, I probably should just be asking for a new pair of jeans because I can't <laughs> breathe right now. <laughs> so, uh, folks, that actually brings us into our topic this week. This week we are covering Saint Nick or Santa Claus, as he is known, from the Marvel Universe. And uh, yeah, he's uh, got an interesting in-world history. So let's get started with the real world first. What very little there is. <laughs> very much so. You... I found a slightly fun fact in this first section, The uh, when I was trying to confirm every, the two pieces you have, which I literally could never find anything on it. So I'm, I can't even confirm any of what you put in the real world. Honestly, I had to go to several different like Marvel databases to figure out which one of the comics. Te- technically, I didn't even these aren't articles that I read. This was me finding out which comic he is technically classified in and figuring out which one came out before yeah. which one. So this one, as little information as it took, it almost took me as long as some of the other ones I've done to find piece I mean, it together. It, it took me longer trying to confirm the real, the two real world facts than it did to look over the entire rest of the episode. Yeah. So let's get started. Uh, uh, Santa Claus first appeared in strange tales issue number 34 in February, 1955 highest recorded sale of this comic was, Whoa, 910 on, $910 on October 2019. Yeah, so that's that cool. one. It, it's had a couple high prizes. Like, there was a $300 one, but this was the highest. Like, it was, like, the mint condition. It was, it was crazy to see. So, uh, folks, definitely a collector's item. If you have that, uh, check through your dad's comic book collection. <laughs> yeah. And um, he was also created by Pete... Tumlison. Tumlison? No idea. Let's go with Tumlison. And, uh, yeah, well, there we go. That is absolutely it. (laughs) There's all the real world stuff we could really find on him. Besides, you know, just real world stuff about Santa Claus that doesn't have to do with Marvel. And, uh, now let's go into the in-universe. So, starting with the legend of Santa Claus, he was a legendary figure who was said to bring gifts to the homes of well-behaved children on Christmas, which, unknown to the people on Earth, Santa Claus was given life because of humanity's belief in the deeds of three different characters in history. 
The beliefs of these three characters would in, end up in the creation of a true magical being of Santa Claus and who the people of Earth think Santa Claus actually is or originated from. And let's get into it with his with one of the first ones that they believe uh, added to that. So we're going into St. Nick, a religious figure from Catholic and Christian mythology. And that also a real actual human that did exist, according to some arch- some uh, historians. So one theory of Earth people is that Santa Claus originated from a 4th century man named St. Nicholas. Don't know why I said it that way. St. Nicholas was born near the coast of modern-day Turkey and became the bishop of uh, Mira in his lifetime. Many miracles were attributed to him, and he was known to be very kind, to be very generous, and to have a great love of children. The most famous story told of the Bishop Nicholas is how he attempted to give money anonymously to a family of daughter, a family of daughters whose father could not pay their dowries for them to get married. He tried tossing a bag of gold into their house on the night of the uh, on the night the girls were to get married. And it is said that on the third night, he dropped the bag through the chimney where it landed in a stocking hanging out to dry. And it's actually a really fun story. Like it, like it was literally cause he was so generous with his, his wealth and that cause he was born rich and he didn't think he's like, it's not fair that I was just, you know, lucked into this. I'd like to help everybody. He found out, gave it to him. He's also the only man with that kind of money around. And he told like his friends were like, well, what if he finds out? He's like, yeah, none of you are going to tell him. And they're like, come on, St. Nick. He's going to know. Like, I mean, at least at one point there were people that were rich that had that mentality. Oh yeah. Uh, If only they still had that kind of thought process. He actually bought an entire shipment of um, like wheat and food to save a uh, poor, to save a poor city because the ruling class, um, didn't want to give it to the poor. So he bought it and they're like, well, what do we give to the rich pe- people that already paid for this? He's like, I'll do it. I'll deal with that. And he just made more food. So, you know, a little bit of uh, Jesus powers there. <laughs> also slayed a troll. Just that's a random one. So hundreds of years later, after Mary's end, the Russian emperor Vladimir decided to make Bishop Nicholas, the patron saint of, of Russia. After hearing all of the wonderful stories of him, these stories eventually spread to the Laplands to the people of the reindeer sleds in the Netherlands. The name St. Nicholas was contracted into Sinterklaas, which inspired the name Santa Claus. The day before the anniversary of Nicholas's death, December 5th, became a time of giving, which eventually became linked to Christmas the December 25th Christian celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ. And that's also just FYI. I know that's heavily debated and um, yeah, that's, that's kind of it. That's how he kind of led into the belief of Santa Claus. And let's get into the next two. Which obviously I knew Nick was a saint, but I didn't know he was a saint of Russia. Yeah. I that actually one I didn't know about that actually uh, kind of surprised me. I didn't know he, his legend traveled that far. Yeah. Like, I do know he punched one of the people when they were working on the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Okay. Yeah. St. Nick didn't take nothing from nobody. So on that note, (laughs) uh, we go into one of the other uh, debated origins of uh, Santa Claus, which is Odin, 
the all-father of uh, Norse uh, mythology. Uh, so other sources believe the origin of Santa Claus was simply inspired by the all-father of Asgard, Odin, after a special night where he saved the village's midwinter feast from not happening. Uh, hundreds of years ago, an Asgardian troll named Grylek the Greater was attempting to blackmail Odin to give him control of Asgard, threatening to destroy it with a giant asteroid otherwise. You know, because asteroids and trolls and blackmail. That's yeah. a real Christmassy spirit, right? <laughs> like, oh, wow, off the bat, this is starting turning into a dark Christmas. Yeah, I gotta love the uh, North mythology. <laughs> so, at the same time on Earth, a fisherman named Sigurd uh, was sailing home to his vig- village's midwinter feast, but was caught in a storm that blotted out the stars and stopped Sigurd from being able to navigate home. Sigurd's wife, Sia, would pray to Odin to help her husband. In an answer, Odin commanded his son Thor to not attack Grylak, but to first gather some of Asgard's finest wines, linens, and foods. And I know from what I've heard of some of those wines, oh boy, oh, I would yeah. love some of that. Same. It's like the it's like nectar, right? So afterwards, killing two birds with one stone, Odin would order Th- uh, Thor to hurl Mjolnir at the troll's asteroid destroying it in a blinding flash of light that appeared as a bright star in the sky to Sigurd and his crew on Earth, allowing them to navigate home. Oh, that's kind of, that's kind of yeah, two, definitely two birds right. with one stone. But I also kind of like that it kind of gives the idea of, in certain mythologies of that northern bright star. Yeah, oh my god, Which, yeah. honestly, I just made that connection. Same! <laughs> Holy like, cow, I didn't yeah. even make that connection when I was editing this. Dang, but yeah. It kind of no. makes you wonder. <laughs> right? Learn something new. Right. So, to end it, later that night at Sigurd's village, his wife Sia heard a strange sound that caused her to rush to the to the hearth and find an unknown man wearing furs and holding a huge bundle. The man vanished into a flash of light, leaving behind the goods collected by Thor. And at that same moment, Sigurd returned home. Sigurd and Sia looked outside to see Odin in furs, riding a sleigh driven by two flying rams and crying a good midwinter to all and to all the good life. Ah, I see what they did there. Yeah, so <laughs> kind of, and I don't know if in actual mythology, if that's kind of where that I, that line came from. Yeah. Or but, if that's just a Marvel thing specifically. Because, yeah, no, because um, as, as we've talked about when we did Loki, there are some similarities, but there are also a lot of liberties taken yep. in Marvel. So, you know, who knows? Because, <laughs> like, I know parts of the origins and thoughts of being Odin and Santa Claus because of the way Santa Claus was originally portrayed. Yes. Where it was an older looking gentleman with, you know, grays, white beard. He looked, honestly, for those who have seen Lord of the Rings, he looked like Gandalf. Yeah, actually. That's actually a pretty damn dang good description. But it's like, I don't know about the whole asteroid thing. I don't know how much of that actually plays into any of the actual story in real life. Or if that's literally just Marvel trying to spruce it up. Exactly. <laughs> Which I could see. I I could see both because uh, the Nordic people were pretty metal in some of their, like, stories. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I'm like, hearing that, like, people are like, oh, that's got to be from the comics. I'm like, mm, maybe. Like, that might have actually been a real story. <laughs> right. It's like, knowing the Norse, no, that's... Likely most of it's actually real a, sto- a real story. <laughs> like that's in the realm of possibilities. Okay, so let's moving on to the third and final legend that also helped culminate 
Santa Claus. The British Elders, which did not know what that was when I started this, but let's get into it. Another theory is that the origin of Santa Claus comes from the pre-medieval Britain. It is said that there was a custom among tribes for the community elders to dress up in furs as a character called Old Winter and go from dwelling to dwelling delivering food and drink. I mean, that's kind of cool. <laughs> right. Get just have the elders go around. It's like I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go get swifty with some of our people. <laughs> it was thought that if someone was hospitable to old winter, the winter season would be kind to them. This tradition survived for many, many years, and after the introduction of Christianity, old winter began to be known as Old Christmas, Old Father Christmas, and eventually just Father Christmas. Which that kind of yeah. Uh, that is kind of one of Santa Claus's names. Yep. I mean, he's got so many aliases. Oh, my God. Yeah, he does. But yeah, it, it's cool to see where another kind of idea of, you know, the delivering food, drink, you know, and actually having, you know, quality time with you, the, your people. It's like, it's nice to see where a lot of those traditions still came from. It really is. And, like, the whole Christmas season and holiday, and I honestly, it's got to be just more the fact of, like, because across the world, everybody has different versions and customs that kind of correlate with this. The winter season's harsh sometimes, man. Oh, it yeah. is a time, it's a time of coming together more out of, especially back then, more out of, like, just survival. Yep. And that like and now since you know uh I can I can talk to somebody from across the world on my computer screen less about survival more like about like just trying to be wholesome. Yep. Which is definitely good and I wish there was honestly more of that in this season. Same actually. Le- less commercialization. Yeah. I could 100% agree with you Joker. And uh well, now let's get into the actual character from the Marvel universe. Santa Claus. So, when humanity's belief in the three listed legends mixed together with spiritual energy, the true magical being known as Santa Claus would be created. This being was a physical manifestation of giving, as that was the common aspect among all the fables uh, that they all believed in. Which was an interesting find for me, because um, anybody who's read comics or has listened to people talk about comics it's just heavily uh is heavily believed and canonized that he is uh a mutant but like to find out that like he wasn't born technically like a little weird but uh let's uh, i guess move on we'll get into that when we get into that after being generated into existence Santa initially set up his base of operations in Finland's eastern frontier. He rode a horse around and began to deliver gifts to people on Christmas morning. Later, he took a wife and they moved to the North Pole, where they established a workshop, which just in every story when they're like, we're going to go to the North Pole. I'm like, it just seems like the most random, like, right? Like, why is that where you decided to go? Is it just because there's no... No boundaries, no country lines. Yeah, because that's did, the only thing. Did you thing really that... want to just be that separated from the world? Because, yeah, like, because I'm like, what drove you there? Because there's no trees for your said toys and uh, food. Well, I mean, the polar bear is going to make you its food. <laughs> right. So, 
Up in the North Pole, Santa would then bring together a workforce of elves to create the toys throughout the year in preparation for each Christmas. The majority of these elves would be descended, uh, descended from light elves of Alfheim. They are resistant to aging and conventional diseases. Which is kind of a cool thing I found about those elves. Right? Holy cow. But, you know, <laughs> then there's, I, I do like, though, that they're still keeping certain things from the, the door stuff. It's like, you know, we're going to steal your elves and we're going to put them, make them slaves. Right, basically. <laughs> so on Christmas Eve, Santa Claus magically fills a dimensional limitless sack with toys and travels the planet via his sleigh. Driven by eight flying reindeer, delivering the toys to good boys and girls. Bending the laws of space and time to accomplish the feat over the course of one night. Which, you know, impressive. <laughs> Definitely is, yeah. So Santa Claus magically slips down the chimney or uses magic pass keys to enter apartments and deliver the toys around a tree or in stockings put by the fireplace. Often taking the time to enjoy cookies and milk left for him by the children and or their parents. The one thing I like about that section is it explains how he gets into apartments. Yeah. Because we got lucky. We have an apartment with a chimney or a fireplace, but most apartments don't. True. So it, it was always a question I've seen people ask. Like, okay, how does he get into places without chimneys or fireplaces? I used to ask my mom that all the time. I believe it. Because we did not have a fireplace or chimney. So yeah, like, it makes no sense. Like, okay, so how is he getting to our, our house? I think that's when my mom finally, like, sat me down and told me the story of St. Nicholas. And it's like, it's more of a spiritual thing, like God or Jesus. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. So I never had the real, like, Santa Claus doesn't exist story. <laughs> I just had the, no, he's a spirit. And I'm like, oh, Okay. So he would supposedly inherit some of his magic from Melchior, one of the three kings of Bethlehem. His horse, reindeer, and elves are all allegedly gifts from Odin. Odin's goats, Tooth Nasher and Tooth Grinder, which would later be gifted to Thor, and his eight-legged horse, Slipnir, are all likely inspiration for these. Uh, though by some accounts, Santa Claus and Father Christmas are separate beings, though they may share similar magical origins. Oh, that's cute. I do kind of like, though, that kind of the one of the possible inspirations for the eight reindeer is the eight legged horse slip near. That is actually kind of cool. <laughs> so I was like, is does that mean each reindeer is one of his legs? Huh. Like he's got eight reindeer horse had eight legs. That'd be kind of cool. Though. <laughs> kind of makes me wonder if that's kind of where that idea came from. I could easily see that. I, I could see that being the idea and concept, which would make sense. And I definitely understand the concept or the, the correlation from the goats because they were flying goats. So yep. they were able to fly. And it's like, okay, that makes sense where the, now the reindeer fly. But the horse, it's like uh, eight legs. Uh, let's give him eight reindeer. Yeah, one of Loki's kids. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Loki has horns. Boom. Accounts of Santa Claus interacting with humanity are often discounted as folklore and or imagination, but a number of such exploits have made public record. Early reports of Santa in this modern incarnation were made by author Washington Irving under the pseudonym, pseudonym Diedrich Knickerbocker. 
That he is was such a random last name, too. All of them knickerbockers. <laughs> I, I, I want to know what made them think of that name. Where did that come from? Ah, God dang. It was an actual term back in the day. And I think for rich people, the knickerbockers. I got to look this up. I'm curious now. Okay, you look that up. I'm going to continue. In his 1809 history of New York and by the writer Clement Clark Moore in 1923's A Visit from St. Nicholas, more popularly known as Twas the Night Before Christmas. Nick, Knickerbocker is definitely not as... Uh, I think you were a little bit off on that. Oh, was I? So Dang. one of them, the, the first definition for Knickerbocker is knickers, which is a type of uh, men's baggy deed breeches um, or pants. Okay. And then the informal definition of it is just a New Yorker. Oh. That's it. Like, that that was just so anticlimactic. I was hoping for something better than wow, that. Wow, I was too. <laughs> I thought I had something there. That was Honestly, just a- that, your definition sounded a little better. But, yeah, nope, nope. It was just a very huh. uh, well, I sad guess, letdown. I guess moving on. Uh, on one Christmas Eve, um, one of his exploits would be that Santa would save New York City from the hate monger, which was a clone of Hitler. Yep, Marvel canon, folks. <laughs> yeah, there, there's some weird stuff going on there. Oh, yeah. So years later, on another December 24th, uh, Cerebro, the mutant-detecting computer of the X-Men, detected the most powerful mutant ever registered in New York's Rockefeller Center. This being was also detected by the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, resulting in a skirmish with the X-Men. So that's kind of like, that's where it is believed, like, he is technically a mutant, but nobody really does know where he comes from. Like, that's where the culmination of these mythical beings created him comes from. But, like, we don't even know if that is technically correct. Yeah. But at this point, from, from all the research I did trying to just verify the real world facts, he is definitely a mutant. Yes. Granted, yes, he is not your typical mutant because he wasn't born naturally so as far as we know yeah (laughs) so it was definitely interesting to see and try to figure that all out (laughs) it was interesting to try to research from the get-go so during the fight with the x-men santa would end it briefly transforming the brotherhood into toys teleport the x-men away and erase both groups memories of his involvement and then gifted the city with snowfall for the first white christmas in years Dang. Yeah, yeah, that's a little bit of a wild ride. (laughs) Yeah, that is. Yeah, yeah, I saw that, and I thought it was funny that he just turned the the Brotherhood into inanimate objects. I mean, talk about OP ability, man. Right, he's like, uh, no, snap, you're done. (laughs) Right, that's basically like, like, basically might as well have the Infinity Gauntlet just in him at that point. Um, (laughs) Some of the fun facts we go over, he actually at one point did wield the infinity gauntlet I to deliver toys because his reindeer were scrolls in one universe oh yeah during the secret invasion yep yeah so yeah there's a fun fact uh was here's another fun fact was all was also captured in world war ii by hitler and was rescued by captain america and bucky barnes yeah, I read into that. Apparently, Hitler was trying to demoralize the Americans. Yep. So he's like, we're going to capture Santa. 
which I almost feel like at some point St. Nick had to mention it while being in prison there. It's like, you know, I also deliver toys to you guys too. Like, right? right. I'm sure he had to. Like, and, like, and you know, there was a Nazi soldier that hesitated and thought about letting him free for that reason. Right. It's just like, wait, wait, wait. Are you telling me my kids aren't going to get any presents? <laughs> right. He's like, oh, no, no, no. They'll still get the presents. You're not, but they will. <laughs> I mean, honestly, he probably wouldn't anyways be a Nazi. Yeah. He, he kind of already. <laughs> it's, it's like that skit. Have you seen the skulls on our uniforms? Are we the bad guys? Yeah, right. <laughs> I love that skit. So another kind of fun, uh, fun fact was that he would use his knowledge of who was naughty or nice to H.G. Holt as Nick St. Christopher as a detective to help with some murder cases. Oh, holy cow. <laughs> he would also make a pass and flirt with uh, She-Hulk until Mrs. Claus showed up. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, uh, <laughs> that was a fun one to read about. <laughs> that kind of is. Um, so one thing I did find while doing my own research is a lot of stories of Santa all take place in separate universes. Most of them result in very different versions. Like, there was one where he was a drunk guy in underwear. I saw something about that. And was extremely skinny and looked very malnourished. Um, But I guess a lot of these actually take place in what they call the humorverse. Oh. And various different Earths. It was like Earth 1000-something. Holy cow. But they were, like, all very different universes. And really, none of these stories actually take place in the same place. It's like all three of those fun facts are all different universes from each other. Holy cow, that's dang! Because apparently Which, he's made so he's been in so many random comics that Marvel's like, you're just here, but you're not gonna be. He's kind of like uh, Wanda's magic and how she's uni- like universal between all the universes. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Uh, well, I mean, it makes sense because I think actually even uh, Deadpool had a hit on him in one universe. Yeah, uh, he's also worked with Howard the Duck. Yep, I did see. I did see that. <laughs> yeah, he's had some random stories, apparently. Okay, well, let's get into his uh, powers and abilities, which are somewhat, sometimes vague, and some kind of random. Yep. So first off, we got longevity. So he's basically near immortal and hasn't aged in several centuries. Uh, it, it makes sense because I mean, for this kind of a character, you can't die. True. Is also able to fit himself and others through any chimney, avoiding fiery injury in the process, which... I do find that one interesting because he can fit others through the chimney. That's the part that's interesting, honestly. Because you read that and you're like, yeah, no, 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 duh, that's kind of... I was like, we know he can do it, but it's weird that he can do it with others. Right? I wonder how that would feel. I like, think I want to know. Like going through like a pipe chimney in that. You're just like, he's just like, hold my hand. And right. Like, you're just like, come out the other end like, ah. <laughs> like that didn't hurt, but like, ah. My liver doesn't feel like it's in the right spot. <laughs> okay. So he can also levitate up a chimney, usually by touching his nose and nodding. So, you know, that that's a fairly common trope with him. Yep. Uh he can alter the appearance of himself or other objects and beings, including physically transforming a person into an inanimate object. Which like, we see with the Brotherhood. Yep, like a toy. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, he can also change the size of other objects, which that's interesting. 
kind of I feel goes with the toy thing. Yeah. But like, how weird would it be if he like turned them into a toy, but they were just still the same size as themselves? And Honestly, then that'd sh- be a little more terrifying. Yeah, right? And then he shrinks them. But yeah, no, like, uh, br- <laughs> yeah, just turn them into a toy and then shrink them, which, yeah, that's a little terrifying to just like be turned into a toy that's the exact same size right. and diameter as you, you already are. He can also uh, teleport himself and others across the world, which kind of goes with his whole being able to do everything in a night. Yep. He can generate snow and determine who has been naughty or nice, which, yeah, that kind of comes with his whole shtick. Yep. The snow I, part is fairly... That one's kind of interesting. That one is pretty interesting. Like, like oh, we got some storm powers going on here. <laughs> Ego also, uh, his normal strength is augmented on Christmas Eve to lift two tons. His speed is also augmented on Christmas Eve. So yeah, from what I saw is he, he gets, one, extremely strong and almost twice as quick as normal. Which, dang. He also radiates a subtle Christmas charming effect on people, able to soften the hardened hearts and convert criminals. That's kind of impressive. That is actually kind of cool. And it's funny because, like, even other, like, iterations and versions of Santa I've seen in other media, that kind of seems to be a common trope with him. Which makes sense because, you know, it's the the spirit of Christmas is going to turn someone good. Exactly. And he also has a magical sack, which is a portal to a sort of storage dimension and holds enough presents to supply the entire world on one trip, which I heard an interesting fact about his bag. It's actually a tesseract. Yeah. I meant to leave that in there. Okay, I did have that in there. I wasn't sure if I just read. You didn't, but I meant to leave it in there because you didn't have anything on his bag. Oh, what? Yeah, you missed that one entirely. Dang it. But, uh, yeah. So, anything uh, to add? Not really. I mean, I I do like being able to see the the culmination of very different religions and gr- places around the world all kind of having the same concept and coming together to make this honestly kind of awesome character. Really is like uh, like I'll I'll admit I don't like Christmas time, but I do love Santa Claus. <laughs> I is the best part about it, right? So you know what, Joker? Are you a fan? Oh yeah, definitely. And I'm a fan too, and for anyone that's still listening, if you got something out of this, enjoyed the episode, or even liked the character before from a movie, a comic, a cartoon, hell, even that t-shirt that you saw one time, you're a fan too. If you want to jump on this train, why not subscribe and share with a friend? Dick Rail out. Y'all keep riding them rails. <laughs>